Hi, everyone. Welcome to Diaspo. Today we have as our guest, Dr. Mariam Kunta. She is a director of nursing at an agency that serves people with disabilities. She grew up in Senegal before studying in the U.S. and obtaining a doctorate of nursing practice from UMass Amherst, a BS in computer science from Western New England University, and an associate's degree in nursing from Holyoke Community College. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Mariam Kunta. It's, we're so happy to have you. Happy to be here. Yeah, so you're the director of nursing at an agency that takes care of people with disabilities. Can you tell us a little bit about what your work involves and what you do on a day-to-day basis? I work for an agency that was um, that takes care of people with disabilities. I basically run the nursing department over there. So I have to make sure that the nurses are aware of what is going on and um, can deal with with issues uh, with each patient that we have, so that they really know the patients and then they really know how to problem solve, how to do critical thinking. The days are different. So sometimes I have to put out fires. Sometimes I have to, you know, to go to meetings and so forth. I just basically responsible to coordinate, you know, everything to make sure that things run smoothly. Hmm. (laughs) Yeah. So I think normally when I think of a nurse, I think someone who's either working like in a doctor's office or in a hospital or a nursing home. How did you get involved with your agency? Initially, I was working as a uh, what would be called a direct support professional, which means that you basically with the patient, you do all the um, activity of daily living, you do all the personal care, you take them out in the community, take them to to doctor's appointments. I started working there as such. Then I became a program manager, overseeing a house where four or five people live in a residential house and you have to make sure that they basically, you know, have all the medical care, have community activities, uh, meeting their um, individual support goals and so forth. I did that for a few years and after that I um, got into nursing and I stayed in, a, you know, within the same agency, but as a nurse. Okay, so basically you were working full-time and then you were going to school? Like- exactly. So initially what I did is that I, I went to Western New England University as a um, computer. So I did computer science over there. Mm-hmm. Once I graduated with my computer science degree, and while I was doing that, actually, I was working as a, uh, as a direct support professional. And when I, once I graduated with my computer science degree, I continued to work over there, but, but as a manager. And, you know, um, years went by and I, I liked it. So I wanted to stay there and become a nurse to better help people mm. on the medical field. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. So you majored in computer science, but because you were working, you realized you like something else and you wanted to pursue that. What initially drew you to the computer science degree in the first place? I grew up in Africa, in uh, West Africa, Senegal. When I was going to school over there, what happens is that in high school, you always you 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 have to choose your field, whether it's you know math and science, it's biology, you know English literature. What my um, my major, if you want to call it, was math and science. So when I came here, I really was interested in. A, in computer science, uh, those days it was Y2K. It was I think it was called like 2000. Everybody thought that in 2000, in the year 2000, all the computers are gonna crash. <laughs> yeah. So I went into computer science that way, and I liked science, I liked math, and I had a very strong, you know, math background. 
in science background, so I thought that would be something that I like. But then what happened is that after that, after I did, you know, I went to school for computer science and I realized that I, I like the interpersonal skills day to day, talking to people and, you know, I'm working with people side by side that I like that better than sitting on a computer for like, I don't know, eight hours. Right. So that made me change my mind. I like the human interaction contact. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that because I think uh, when you're in school, you're good at something like math, like you were. And you think like, oh, I guess the way to go is computer science. But then if you think about what you're doing day to day at the job, that can make you really change your idea of whether or not you're actually going to like the career that you've chosen. Exactly. So I I very quickly realized that I'm not someone who's going to be sitting in front of a computer for eight hours. <laughs> yeah. So that's how come I changed my mind. And, you know, and I liked the agency that I work for. I like I left what I did at the time. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to just go that way, to pursue a career that way. Yeah. So you started at your agency as a direct support professional. And then you said you worked your way up to the program manager. Yep. Manager. So, okay. So when you graduated with your bachelor's in computer science, you were already a program manager. While I was going to Western New England University, I worked as a direct support professional. Right after graduation, I was offered a position as a program manager. I took it, and then I continued to go to school as a nurse while I was a program manager. Ah, okay. So after my bachelor's from Western New England University, I went to Holyoke Community College, and I graduated with an associate degree in nursing from there. Mm. So while I was working on my associate degree in nursing, I was working as a program manager. And once I graduated from nursing school, then I worked as a nurse. Uh, Okay. When you were working as a nurse with the agency, what did that look like? Or I'm assuming it was with the agency. Did you continue just working as a nurse with the agency or did you go somewhere else as well? No, it was it was exactly the same agency. So I worked as a nurse in one of the houses that, you know, one of the group homes. I had to make sure that day to day that the patients over there were getting the proper medical care. I had to, you know, call doctors and be the liaison between, you know, the different specialists. Um, I had to make sure that people had like annual physicals. We have guidelines that we have to follow for every individual to make sure that they have the proper medical care. So on a day-to-day basis, that's what I was basically doing. Oh, okay. And so, you know, you're Dr. Quinta, so that means you have a PhD. When, at what point did you decide that you needed to go back to school and get your PhD? Mm-hmm. After I worked as a floor nurse for, for a while, I said, hey, why not go a little bit further. <laughs> Since I have the associate degree and I have a bachelor's degree from um, Western New England University, so then there's a program at, at the University of Massachusetts, Amherst, that people can apply to having those two uh, things that I talked about earlier. So the, uh, being a nurse and then having the bachelor's degree. So I applied for that and I got in and mm-hmm. I started working on my doctorate, having my four kids and then having my full-time you know, nursing job. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was an easy, but, you know, slowly but surely. (laughs) Yeah, that must have been challenging. What were some of the challenges that you had in terms of going back to school, especially when you'd already been in school and you'd gotten your bachelor's? 
It wasn't easy to make that decision because I had to weigh in. How do I take care of my kids? How do I make sure that I, you know, that I that I um, keep working full time? It wasn't it wasn't an easy decision, but I knew that this is something that I wanted to do because I wanted to have a higher degree so that I could better serve the people that I was caring for, and I could, you know, also could be an example for other people in the community. Because I know as an immigrant, when we come here. Trying to do all of those things is not it's not easy, and then at times you gotta you know also take care of the family that's back home. Sometimes you have to send money, so you can't you cannot not work basically. So you had to do all of those things at the simultaneously. So what I did is that I I went to work during the day, and then at night I would stay up till one o'clock, two o'clock to do homework, mm. and you know that taught me to be a little bit more efficient to make sure that that I'm very disciplined. Um, yeah, as juggling everything, and that also meant some sleepless sleepless nights, you know. Yeah, I'm sure not getting enough sleep and, you know, just having to manage kids, school, homework. Yeah, that can be a lot. Are there any things that you did that you found helped you to balance everything, to like manage your schedule, to? make sure you were there for the kids and to get the homework done? So I had to make sure that basically that there was four four areas that I focused on, okay? Number one, it was how do I maintain my physical energy while going through through my day, which meant that, you know, try to get as much sleep as I can, eat the right food, the right nutrition throughout the day, and also making sure that I take breaks throughout the day. If I was tired, I could take 15 minutes, 20 minutes breaks. My physical energy, that was important for me to keep that up. The other thing was my emotional energy. I have to keep that up as well. At times when I felt tired, when I felt sad, those emotions I had to deal with. So I had a group of friends that I was able to call upon. I knew exactly, you know, which friend I should be calling when I'm sad. I know, hey, this friend can talk to me and then, you know, I will perk up. So I knew which friends were kind of negative and I would stay away from them. (laughs) So I knew exactly. So I basically did, I quickly, I did an assessment of, you know, my environment of the people that, my connections, I I should say. So I knew who exactly to call when, depending on my needs. Mm -hmm. Okay. I also had to maintain my mental energy, which which was the energy of focus, which is the energy of focus, meaning that. I knew that, okay, at the end of the day, I'll be extremely tired. So it's going to take me more time to study, right? Mm, A specific subject. Whereas in the morning, when I get up in the morning, I'm nice and fresh and I could do that quickly with a limited amount of time, the very limited amount of time that I had. So I would choose, you know, what uh, schoolwork to do when. So if I if I had to do something that that was very complicated that needed more focus and concentration, I would you know do it early in the morning. If I had to do something that's a little bit easier, I would do it at night. Right. You know. So I kind of you know planned uh, my day that way, so that I can make it through the day with no with with the minimum amount of effort. Right. You know, and then the information would get in correctly, and so I was fine that way. Yeah, no, that's actually really great advice. I mean, (laughs) I think like even if you aren't juggling, you know, work, school, kids and whatever else, like you should always be doing that. But it sounds like you were really strategic and 
how you were able to maneuver everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was using those three type of energies. So the, uh, the last type of energy that I was using was the spiritual energy. Mm. So that spiritual energy, I know it was, to me, it was basically the energy of purpose. Okay. Mm. So meaning that, okay, I'm doing this doctor. I know I want to do it. I know I want to I wanna get it. What's the purpose of me doing that? You know, mm. so I wanted to be able to finish this doctor so that I can help the people around me that needed the most. My family, for example, when if I have this doctorate and and I'm a nurse practitioner, I'll be able to better care of of people in my family that needed the most. Mm. So I would have the knowledge to do so. And I also kept really a good eye on the prize because I said, "Hey, at the end of this, I'm gonna get that." So right. that kind of motivated me. So really, keeping those those four types of energies mm-hmm. that was the key for me to to make it through physical energy, emotional energy, mental energy, and spiritual energy. Knowing that those four types of energies at any point, not all is equal. So you may be down a little bit in one, up uh, in another one. So if you didn't, if I didn't sleep well one night, I knew that, hey, I got to work on my physical energy a little bit for the next day. You know, if I'm a little bit sad or I'm, I'm emotionally drained, I know that, you know, the coming days I have to work, you know, on my emotional energy and so forth. So it was a little bit of balancing going on as I was making through my uh, my days and weeks of studying and uh, keeping track of what I was doing. Right, right. No, that's like a perfect way to think about it too, like the different, the four categories of energy. I think okay. um, somehow like, I know sometimes for people like figuring out a way to visualize things can be difficult, mm-hmm. but when you break it out into those four categories, it really helps to kind of see how to balance things and figure out where you need to focus your energies. Yes, and make an adjustment. You make adjustments as you go. <laughs> I was saying earlier, it's not, you know, it's not always that you, you're you 100% at, you know, each type of energy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you were studying, you obtained your doctorate of nursing practice. How do you think that getting that doctorate propelled your career or like what benefits did you see in terms of Mm -hmm. your career the first thing i would think about when i'm trying to figure that out is when i was doing the doctorate i had to write a lot of papers okay english is my second language i know a couple of african languages very well and um i did everything in french so when i came here i had to learn english basically from scratch Hmm. so definitely doing the doctorate degree going through that whole program really helped me with my writing skills. Mm. And, um, you know, and also when you do that, you, you kind of build uh, stamina. You get stronger as you go. Right. So that was, for me, that was very valuable. And then so the other thing is that uh, the clinical skills that one might learn within that. So those, clinic, those clinical skills, you could use them with your patients. You could also use them at home. So I have four kids. When they get sick, sick I'm able to assess them. Right. And to basically, you know, I'm able to tell what a their PCP may order, for example. So to me, that was very valuable. And that was one of the biggest reasons why I, you know, went also into this field. So not only to help my direct family, to help my community, but also to help the patient that I care for. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Because mm-hmm. in terms of working at your agency, I mean, you say like in, it gave you the skills to also help the patients that you're working with, like the people that you're working with at the agency. So 
Is it possible to not be a nurse, it sounds like, and move up within the company? Yes, because we have um, within that within that company we have direct support for professionals, which is where I studied. Then I was able to make my uh, to make my way up into a management position. So after that, you could also work your way up into a, a director's position. There is a career path over there that you can follow, not necessarily nursing. Mm. But I, I I wanted to really know the health as- aspect of it. Because I thought that with that background, with that knowledge, I can help people better. Right, right, right. Which makes sense. And so in terms of going back to school, did you have any challenges when it came to applying to school, especially when we're thinking about your your first level of education, which was the BS in computer science? No, not so much because I had uh, I had good grades also when I was doing that. So that's one of the good things about being in high school in Africa because I know that when I came here, when I first went to Western New England University, whatever I was doing in middle school, that's what in middle school slash high school, that's what people were doing here in college. So I had a very strong math, math and science background. Mm. And that helped me throughout nursing school and everything. Right. So that was very, very important. And when you think about when you were done with your doctorate, there must have been like some sort of relief on your shoulders to have, well, one, have it like it's an accomplishment. And then two, it kind of reduces your schedule so you can focus on your family and your career. When you were transitioning from that stage of being a student and full-time employee, I mean, did you have any challenges or are there any things that you look back and you wish you had done differently or did everything kind of work the way that you wanted it? Like I was saying earlier, it was a lot of, it took a lot, it took a lot of energy to get this, to, to get it accomplished. Fortunately for me, I had a lot of people at work that were supportive of what I was doing. I had family members that were very supportive of what I was doing. And I also had friends that was very supportive. The lesson to take from this is really, you know, when you want to engage into something like that, look at your environment, look at the people that are around you, and then try to pinpoint, kind of know who is who is willing to help you or who is going to be uh, who is going to be of support to you and you know once you know those people you can lean on them mm-hmm. to be able to do what you what you need to do especially family family members they can help a lot um, let them know that hey I'm going through this program what kind of help can I can I expect from you so at times I had friends that were taking my kids out um, in the community to the movies or to different places so that I can concentrate and study so the connection really the connection to me the connection is the key to everything being able to keep up with the work that was challenging for me Mm-hmm. But I was able to kind of figure it out, you know, have the right people in place or call the right people so that they, they help. Yeah. No, I like that. I like what you're saying because truly, I mean, it's important to lean on the community and you need the network of family, friends, and people who support you to really get through various stages of your life, regardless of whether it's your career or anything else. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, in your environment or within your connections, you're not going to get everybody who is going to be very positive. You're not going to get everybody who's going to be encouraging you. You're not going to get everybody who's going to be willing to help. So you really have to figure it out. You really have to sort it out and see who you can count on and use, you know, lean on them and use those those connections to get to where, where you need to get to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm just curious, was... Working and living abroad, something that you'd always intended to do or you always wanted to do? Or did that just the opportunity to like study in the U.S. came up and you took it? I think living in the United States is great. A lot of people here are very helpful. So that that piece, I'm very happy about the fact that I came here and I had to basically survive in the very beginning. But once I knew people, it became a little bit easier. But I think now for me, it's time to go back, not just for myself, but for my kids, because I think that they need to be in the environment where I grew up from for at least for a few years to kind of understand and to know the culture. Mm. So for me, that's that's very important. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And... I mean, I think earlier you mentioned you wanted to obtain a skill that helps your community and it like your community right now is in Massachusetts. So you've been able to do that. And it seems like now you're you're going to take those skills back home. So that's pretty awesome. Yes, that's what I would like to do. (laughs) (laughs) So that we can I can also have the people in the community where I grew up benefit from what I've learned. Not only career-wise, but also different ways of living. So clearly it's different the way we live here in the United States. It's different from the way we live in Africa. And I wouldn't want my kids to leave, to lose that opportunity to be able to have a connection from my home country. I mean, you said you grew up in Senegal, but you're from Mali. So would you be going back to Mali? I mean, I, I grew up in Senegal, so all my friends and a good part of my family also is in Senegal. Mm-hmm. So Senegal and Mali, the difference is not too, too much. You know, so the, it's about what, an hour, an hour and a half flight from there. Mm-hmm. So either or is fine, but my preference would be Senegal just because I grew up over there, I know over there, and I know lots of people over there, and I just feel more comfortable over there. Right. So that would be my preference. So I'm looking at basically being between the two continents, not completely living in Africa and not completely living in America, being kind of in between. And this is the reason why I'm looking for opportunity, an opportunity that will allow me to maybe work uh, remotely, right? So mm. which means that wherever you are, whether you're in America or whether in Africa, you could always work and I use those skills remotely. So your work basically won't define where you, where you should live. Right, right, no. That's true. And I think in now, unfortunately, with COVID, we've seen that, yeah, actually, it's possible for a lot of us to work remotely. Um, exactly. Yeah, as long as you have a computer and access to internet, like, mm-hmm. we actually, we don't need to be confined to one location. From speaking with you, you've given us, like, a lot of great advice and so much to learn from your story. I'm just thinking if you were speaking to like your high school self, 
Because I think for me, I believe the high school is a prime time when you have the time to like think about your career and what you want your life to look like in the future. Is there any advice you would you would have given knowing what you know now to your high school self about how to move in the world and how to pursue different goals? For me, when I was in high school, I actually had no idea where, I'm, where I was going to end up. Well, I actually thought that I was going to be working in a bank. <laughs> so that, that was my, you know, kind of vision of myself in the future. Yeah. But then once I started going in a, in a science, I ended up at Western New England University doing computer science and I realized that I didn't like it. So then I took a leap of faith and I went into something else. Mm. So my advice would be that, you know, when you're in high school, you may not necessarily know, you know, exactly what you want to do. But the important thing is, Whatever you think at a specific time that this is what you would like to do, just go ahead and do it. And then, you know, the doors will open up to you as you go. And then never give up. Mm. Continue to do it and continue to persevere. And hope like a door will open up. So you may not necessarily know that this is exactly what I want to do throughout the rest of my life. But you will learn somewhere. And I've spoke, seen so many people that this has happened to. They had no idea they were going to end up with the career that they ended up with. And a lot of times you have uh, skills and you may not see it yourself, but other people will be able to see it and point it out to you. Mm. You know, so for, for, for many years, for example, in my case, people were telling me, oh, you'll be, you'll be great in management. You know, you'll be great in management. I had no idea. I was like, what are they talking about? Mm. So once I went into nursing and I started doing management and I combined, you know, the nursing piece and the management piece, I figured that this is what I would like to do best. You know, this is what I like. This is what I love. And I kept on doing it. But initially, like I said, I was thinking that, hey, I'm going to be working in a bank or, hey, I'm going to be sitting in front of a computer for eight years. I mean, for eight hours. Mm. Then come to find out that, hey, this is not what I want to do. <laughs> so quick, I quickly changed. Yeah. Whatever felt comfortable for me. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And that's really great advice because I think even me I didn't really know what I wanted to do in high school I mean I said I wanted to be a lawyer and I did become a lawyer but even with in-law there's so much to do so saying that you want to become a lawyer is kind of meaningless because there's so many ways to be a lawyer there's other things you can do with that degree so yeah definitely like just keeping like pursuing what you're interested in and being flexible and adapting Mm -hmm. that's great advice And one question we like to ask our guests before we close the conversation is, what does success mean to you? Or what is one thing that you've done that you're the most proud of? I'm very proud of the fact that I came here as an immigrant and I was able to go up to and get a doctorate degree, which is not, it's not given at all. You get a put a lot of effort, a lot of sacrifice into it. For that piece, I'm very happy about. And most importantly, to be like a role model for other people that are coming in here. Because I know oft, often when people come in here, they, you know, they work, they want to work, take care of their families, take care of the people back home. And they kind of lose track a little bit of the real goal, goal of making it better for themselves as far as going to school, career-wise and so forth. So I think being uh, focused and being able to make sacrifices really is is very important. Also, the kids, the kids, if you're doing all of this, your kids will hopefully see that and they would also want to rise up to that level. It requires a lot of sacrifice, but you have to be willing to do that. 
understand the, the circumstances it's not always easy but you gotta push yourself yeah that's so true and i mean you're definitely an example of the fact that you can come here work provide for your family and still achieve your accomplishments or your goals if you really put your mind to it so Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your story with us today. It was so great to talk to you. Yes. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. If you have any questions about Theaspo or our guests, please shoot us an email at theaspo.podcast at theaspo.co. That's co as in C-O. Or you can shoot us a message on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and please share the podcast with your people. Have a great one, guys. And thanks again.